In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and we've had a record month last month on listenership. And we are growing every day. So I'd like to thank you for tuning in to us each week, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time, downloading us on Google or Stitcher or iTunes. Now, I'd like to thank everybody, and we do have listeners from all over the world, so good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about those, this show if you are a new listener. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact impact your organization or your individual career. So once again, download us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.com. Net. And when you send me an email, let me know what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. Now, it used to be the only way to recognize a good leader was through their executive abilities and management qualities. When developing leaders, if something was lacking, then we would immediately send that leader to leadership training. But today, neuroscience has entered the world of leadership training, and more and more, we are looking at the brain for answers. The brain is very much a social organ, and we are now looking at the different impacts of the different types of tasks have on the brain and how they impact productivity, thoughts, and emotions. As leadership styles change from the old-fashioned command and control leadership model with its focus on processes, targets, and top-down directives, the brain is becoming more important because these old approaches are being replaced by an emphasis on interconnectivity, relationships, and sustainability. And that is what the brain is all about. And although management still places importance on roles and management skills, the new emphasis about how effectively a leader can connect to the outside world using his or her brain. And today we're going to talk to a brain researcher and expert and learn how we can improve our brains and become better leaders. Dr. Katerina Turacek describes herself in three words, heart, brain, and humor. Ever since her childhood, she has been driven by the question of what our mind needs to do in order to be fit and strong. And she likes to share her enthusiasm and curiosity with everyone. Through the interdisciplinary study of cognitive science, Catherine specializes in the field of brain research with research focusing on learning and memory. She earned her doctor of medicine in 2008 in the study of cognitive science. She holds seminars and workshops for memory, training, and improved learning abilities. 
Meanwhile, she's a professional speaker, author, and workshop leader. And since 2019, she's listed among the top 100 of speakers' excellence. She has published many books, and she's published books on learning and memory from the Hubert Kern Verlag in Vienna, and a book on emotional competence from Springer in Heidelberg. She also has published more than 10 titles, including Mentally Fit for a Lifetime, which topped the lists of bestsellers in the Austrian daily newspaper Depressa and magazine Profile at the beginning of 2013. Her books can be found on Amazon, and they are primarily published in German for our German-speaking audience. Now, Catherine, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Hello there. Nice to be here. Okay. So um, let's just, how did you get into studying about the brain? It sounds like you've been fascinated about this forever. What got you going? Yeah, that was actually my own life story because uh, I've always been a good studier myself. I always had a good memory. When I was 15, I was able to skip a grade at high school. And when I was 16, I won the Austrian memory championship and that's always got me thinking how how come some people are better learners have better memory and for me it was always uh, important to to emphasize the, the importance of training the importance of, of of the right working technique so we said the mindset that you always can get a better brain or can get better at things Mm-hmm. So, what is the answer to that? I mean, is is how do we have better brains, or how do we have intelligence? Is it primarily genetic, or what happens there? Um, now, you addressed the the major uh, nature nurture debate, which is the question: is how to which extent is intelligence inherited or uh, influenced by environment? And nowadays, we actually have kind of an answer to this question because we know it's both. There is a genetic part to intelligence, to uh, certain abilities, but it's at least as important to to use the genetics you have. So if you don't use your skills, yeah, then they don't have any possibility to show up so actually it's both it's inheritance and it's also uh, the environment mm-hmm. and so what kind of influences in the environment when we talk about um, nature or nurture um, what kind of influences from the environment can can help nurture mm-hmm. the uh, basic intelligence that you're born with I can uh, I can wrap this up to one word and and that's activity <laughs> what okay. our body needs is the feeling that we really need it, that we use it. And and we live in a time where it's so easy to just uh, live your life uh, you know, on, on an easy way without really thinking, without being active. And that's that's what our brain needs. It's 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 the same with our body. I mean if we if we don't use our muscles, then they will get weaker and weaker. And that's kind of what we tend to do with our brains. We make thinking, living easy, and that that uh, leaves out the, the necessary training for our brain cells. How, how much do you think, um, if you look at children today, Catherine, and you see, you know, uh, we all have iPads and everybody has computers. And I remember, you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, you might have a, a manual calculator, okay? Um, but today we're just given all these tools are, that m- artificial intelligence tools that help us. Um, how how is that is that hurting us? And what do we have to do to make sure we stay active in this kind of environment? Yeah, it's it, it's not about whether we should use the techniques we have or not. I mean, I'm I'm happy myself that uh, my technology around me, but it's the question of how we use it and how we still use our own brain. So sometimes it's a good idea to switch on your mind and switch off some some technique. Um, Maybe a good comparison is, is the car we have. I mean, it's good we have a car because thanks to the car, we can get further. But if we use the car for everything, even for small and short distances, 
then of course I will get less mobility myself. My my muscles in my feet, my legs will will disappear, will vanish. And that's kind of what we do with our brains. I mean, it's good we have technology because we can use it to to expand our possibilities. But if we use technology to simplify our lives in every way, in each and every way, then, yeah, we kind of do the same to our brains, that, that we lose the ability to think, to memorize, to find solutions. And, and that's what I try to get people to do, to just mm-hmm. switch on their brains sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. And and I and that makes sense because I mean I've read I've read some generalizations about this um, and I've read that generalizations that there are kind of two kinds of people in the world um, people that are kind of fixed in what they have and people are focused on growth um, and the ability to try to improve their brains. Um, you're in all your experience with all the people that you're dealing with. Um, is that a, just a generalization or do people generally have kind of a fixed attitude or a growth attitude? Yeah. Oh, that's actually an interesting question because your, your show is for leadership and there are a lot of personality models that, that could be interesting for leadership. But what we know from these models is how difficult it really is to put people in boxes and to really uh, like tell them that they are this kind of person or this type of personality. So I think it's difficult to really say there are these two kinds of people. But I, I think that momentarily that, that's true, that there are people who are at the moment growing or at the moment not growing and the good thing uh, what we know about our brains is we 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 are not in a, f- a fixed type of, of person our brains have the possibility to change they are plastic they are flexible and that's an ability we can use we, we can change we can grow but of course to do that, we have to be active. So that's why I emphasized activity in the beginning, because that's that's just a key part to our brains. We have to use them and we have to use them the way we want to change so we can change. So as we're as we're developing, and, and, and if I'm thinking from the leader point of view also, as we're developing our brains, if you're if you're focused on growing, um, how do things like success or trauma or stress affect our ability to increase our brain activity? Uh, Actually, uh, everything we do and everything we experience changes our brain because that's what our brain does. Our brain adapts to, uh, to our current situation in life. So every action we take will form, will will have an impact on our brain, and of course sometimes it's our own actions, and sometimes it's experiences that come from the outside that will that will form our brain. But fact is, everything has has an impact. Our brain is not fixed, as I said before. It's 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 changing, and it's changing each and every moment. Even now, when you're listening to this show. There are connections activated in the brain, maybe remembering you of something you heard before, and and then this connection will get strengthened. Mm -hmm. So when we are are busy or we are thinking about neuroscience at the moment, then that, that also changes the associations we already have in the brain, and, and it makes us more... Uh, yeah, it makes our brain more open for these kinds of, of ideas, for this field of, of, of interest of science. And, and these, these, um, as these things that affect us, these external forces. So you could probably have positive forces and negative forces, like stress or success. Um, and then they will influence your brain in in one direction or another or how does that impact i mean it seems like two completely different things you know if you if you have success or you're under a tremendous amount of stress is there these different external forces have different impacts um that it's uh what we are heading at is that we have to differentiate between knowledge and uh emotions 
Uh-huh. So we are able to learn uh, data, facts, information. We, we build up uh, kind of a, a network of, of associations we have just on a knowledge basis. But at the same time, our brain forms emotional connections. And, and these emotions are really important for us f- for making decisions, for reacting in life. And through this, if, if we have positive or negative experiences, they will affect whether or not I will engage in this sort of activity in the future or not. So that it, it, it's about motivation. And it's also about uh, yeah, staying away from other things. Mm-hmm. So the, the emotions... They are uh, responsible for our future actions. Okay. And um, we're going to take a short break. And that's, I'd like to talk about that a little bit when we get back. Because especially in leadership roles, you hear about intelligence, but you also hear about emotional intelligence. And I want to talk a little bit more about this difference between knowledge and emotion and, and how it works in the brain when we get back from our break. And for our listeners right now, we are talking with Dr. Catherine Turacek. She's a cognitive scientist and brain specialist. And through Through her interdisciplinary study of cognitive science, she specializes in the field of brain research with focusing on learning and memory. She's the author of many books, including Olesenkopf, which is a book it is published in German and means everything in the head. And this is the first learning guide for knowledgeable adults. Now, you can connect with Dr. Torchek on Katharina Torachek, and I'm going to spell that. That's Katarina as in K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-A, and Torachek is T-U-E-C-E-K. And that's her website, www.katarinatorachek.com, and on Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube, she's also under Katarina Torachek, and on Facebook on the Institute for Gehirn Training, and I'll spell that before we get to the end of the show. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership business expert. You can connect with me for questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group on Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we are speaking with Dr. Katharina Toracek, cognitive science and scientist and brain specialist. And through the interdisciplinary study of cognitive science, Dr. Toracek specializes in the field of brain research 
with research focusing on learning and memory. And she is the author of many books, including Everything in the Head, Alice and Kopp. And that's, her books are available on Amazon. Now, before the break, um, Catherine, uh, we were talking, you, you started talking about trying to, to understand the difference between knowledge and knowledge and emotional intelligence. And, and I want to, I want to go into that a little bit um, because there's so much talk about in, in, in leadership about emotional intelligence or in the other side, emotional competence. What, what does that mean to you as a scientist? Um, now, for me, emotional competence is the ability to take control over your own emotions, because we tend to f- to to see emotions as something that attacks us from from the outside. It just appears, and emotional competence for me is the ability to uh, get active and and get control of your emotions, which means that you know how to influence the way you feel, the way you react to the outside world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I've read this quote that said, leaders need in- intelligent emotions, not emotional intelligence. So, you know, we hear these words. So that emotional competence would be taking control. Um, w- what would you consider emotional intelligence? Now, actually, I like the quote you just you just uh, <laughs> quoted. <laughs> no, because it's 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 it, it fits my idea about emotional intelligence. That when you say that leaders have intelligent emotions, that would for me would mean that they that they know how to use the emotion, but they also know uh, how how to influence their own their own emotions. Um, Sometimes, especially in this world, we tend to to give the advice that we need to control our emotions in the sense of uh, suppressing them. Which means that you should, if you want to make a rational decision, you should like cut out cut out all your emotions. And that's not the way. the The, the, the solution is to to um, feel your own emotions, to know how you you feel about a certain situation, about a certain uh, solution, and to use that. So to, to, to know if something is good for me or bad. That's what emotions are for. They tell us is, is what kind of influence something has. Mm-hmm. So with leaders that have... Um intelligent emotions and, and that are also able to control this motion. I'm going to ask a question. Um, when you're dealing, when you're working with people in your field and you're working with leaders and you're looking at emotional competence and emotional intelligence, do, do you see a difference in gender? Okay. Because there's always, there's always in leadership, there's, there's always that question. Oh, Female leaders are too emotional, um, or they don't have emotional competence because they can't control them. Uh, and men are. Do you do you see any gender differences in that, or is it how we express ourselves? Uh, yeah, if you ask me as a person, then I I might have the feeling that I um, experience what you what the same that you are telling me that maybe women tend to be more emotional, but when as a scientist and when I look into the brain then I I see that the brains of men and women are more equal than, than we would admit. Mm-hmm. So from a brain science view there would, wouldn't be a necessary difference between men and women. So mm-hmm. I actually think that men and women struggle with the same problems but maybe they appear different to the outside. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's interesting because I like the view on the science um, because I think I read a study one time um, mm-hmm. that little uh, little girls and little boys they they for example cry at the same amount or percentage of time until they're about ten and then after ten some of that environmental um, exactly. it comes into play. So, so do you think that's, it's, it's our expectations that are probably causing 
um, this kind of difference rather than what you say as a scientist. Is that what you're saying? There are definitely environmental uh, influences that emphasize or um, make differences between men and women stronger, bigger. Um, if there are differences between men and women uh, in, in cognitive areas, then uh, I believe it's not so much the, the genetics of the brain, uh, the, the, the anatomy of the brain, but it's, it's uh, a question of hormones. Mm-hmm. So if you have the, the mostly male uh, testosterone, which is uh, responsible maybe for a goal-directive behavior or maybe for a more competitive behavior, which we we tend to th- see as a masculine uh, uh, thing, then that's, that's the hormone which is active. Mm-hmm. But even women also have testosterone, but in a lower extent. So that's why... Uh, depending on the level of the hormone, we, we see a different, uh, yeah, di- different appearance to the outside, and the same is true for the female hormones, which exist as well, and they have a, a, a cycle. So with women, we see a more complex situation, and 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 it's it's more variable over time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's kind of the the emotional side, and, and just to 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 go to the to the the other aspect you said in talking about knowledge. Okay, so so you know what I'm understanding is emotional competence is the able to control um, your emotions, and 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 that statement that I said leaders need uh, intelligent emotions, not emotional intelligence. I also think that's a wonderful statement, and um, I'd like to move from that a little bit into knowledge because. When you when you take IQ, IQ tests, okay, there's all these different areas of it, like visual or pattern recognition, analytics. Um, now, can you tr- can you train your brain on on those areas? Uh, yeah, definitely, you can train your brain, uh, but we have we have one problem. <laughs> we have the problem um, when we train a certain area, then it's possible that you improve your abilities in this area, but the transfer isn't always that easy. So that's why some cognitive training is really specific and and not extending to real life events. There is. Uh, but, but still, I always recommend training because you never know which parts of real life are affected. But there is one special uh, area of training and or area of cognitive abilities. That's the working memory. The working memory is um, the memory you use for every mental activity you do. So everything you do with your brain, you actually do in the working memory, like when you're playing chess and you think ahead or when you do some mental calculations, every problem you solve in your head, that's that's working memory. And the capacity of working memory is limited. Uh, and we can imagine the bigger our working memory is, the bigger our or higher our capacity for a lot of different fields uh, will be. And that's exactly what we what we see, we also see that a higher IQ is uh, connected to a higher or bigger uh, working memory capacity. So there have been studies where um, subjects trained the working memory abilities and they actually proved that these people scored higher on IQ tests afterwards. So, yeah, if, if people ask me about training, brain training, I always recommend working memory training because that's the area where we know best that it will, that the transfer will, will work. Mm-hmm. So, if you think about that in, in the case of leadership, okay, because there, um, there are certain, you know, executive functions that we recognize in leaders, such as decision making, um, creating a vision, and, um, and other functions. How, how, how much relation is between some of these functions as we, we recognize in leadership as being quite good, maybe related to working memory? Um. That's a difficult question because to some extent all of them are connected mm-hmm. to uh, to working memory because working memory is, is like the, 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 the working memory of our computers. It's just the basic calculating platform in our 
uh, in our brains. Uh, but all the areas you just named can be trained on a specific basis. So with, with brain training, the, the, the variability is, is important. It's uh, like, like, let's take one example. The, 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 a lot of people are doing Sudokus at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I get asked if that's a good training. And it is. But the best brain training was the first Sudoku you took because then it was new and then it was a challenge. Then you had to figure out what am I doing. And after the after thousand Sudokus, it's it's still training, but it's it's less uh, effective because you already trained that part of your brain. Mm-hmm. So brain training to be effective has to be variable and has to be challenging. So if you get the possibility to 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 get the the level higher, then it's good. So mm-hmm. all the areas you just named are possible and good areas to train and are important areas for leadership as well. But I would never recommend just to train one of them. It's always mm-hmm. the variability that that's that's important. Mm-hmm. Good. And uh, well, another question. Um, um, last question before we go to the break on leadership. So today, today. You know, in the past, we had kind of, we'd, we'd be children, we'd go to university, we'd do jobs, and then we retire. And today, we're, we're working longer and longer, okay? Um, people are working into their 70s, okay? Um, I've seen people working into their 80s, okay? As we, as we start to, to continue to work and be older, um, there's, there's sometimes this, con- you know, maybe a truth to it or a misconception to it that our brains slow down as we get older. Um, is this kind of a myth um, or is this just part of physical chemistry or whatever? I mean, if I'm hiring somebody when they're 70, um, am I going to completely just assume that they can't um, do the tasks, you know, or, think about the task as well as they could when they were 40? I mean, is there, what is about age? (laughs) Yes, there is some truth to that um, because we we get born with with a brain, with uh, a huge amount of neurons, but throughout our lives, we use connections, we lose neurons caused by stress, caused by toxins and caused by inactivity. So we have less and less neurons we can use. Uh, But the thing is, it's not a question of age. It's a question about how good we take care of our brains. And uh, one one important part is the activity part, because when the 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 own the only sign neurons have whether they are needed or not is is that we use them. So if you use the, the, the neurons, they will have the feeling like I'm needed and I'll stay. And if you don't use them, that's the, that's the um, we call that use it or lose it. And that, that's, that's accountable for the whole structure of our brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we thought, we, we thought for a long time that the neurons we, we are born with, we have to do with them for all our lives. So we thought in adults, no new neurons will build up. But uh, one good news is that we know now that even in our adult brains, new neurons uh, can form. We call it adult uh, neurogenesis. The only thing with this adult neurogenesis is that it doesn't happen from itself. It has to be triggered. And next to this activity part, next to a side of this part that we have to use ourselves to show them that they're important, there's another thing that's important for these new cells to form, and that's the physical activity. We know that if we engage in physical activity, that uh, growth factors, neural growth factors, will be formed in our brain, and they will uh, they will activate this neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. So we need our brains in order to stay active. We need physical activity and we need cognitive activity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, 
Okay, with um, we're gonna with that. I'm just gonna. I want to talk a little bit more about that, and we're gonna take. We're, we're time for a short break now, and when we come back, I really want to talk about um, these activities and what we can do. Okay, how can we keep our our you know how can we keep our brains active? What can we do to help our memories? What can we do um, to just uh, make ourselves um, you know, in a growth mode. So for our listeners, we are talking with Dr. Katharina Turacek. She's a cognitive scientist and brain specialist. And through the interdisciplinary study of cognitive science, she specializes in the field of brain research with research on the focus on learning and memory. And she's the author of many books, which you can find on Amazon. And I will spell her name. It's uh, Katerina with K A T H A R I N A Turacek T U R E C E K, and that's her website, Katerina and on Instagram it's Katerina Turacek, and LinkedIn and YouTube also, and on Facebook it's the Institute for Gehirn Training, and you're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on. Voice America's business channel. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we are speaking with Dr. Katharina Turacek. She's a cognitive scientist and a brain specialist, and she specializes in the study of brain research with a specialization in learning and memory. And she's also the author of many books, including Everything in the Head, Alice and Kopp, and you can get that on Amazon. Now, um, Catherine, we've talked about a lot of things now, and so I kind of want to now, it's been really interesting. I want to get down to some of the nitty gritty here on on some of the tools we can use and how we can learn. And uh, one of the things you said before the break was how important physical activity is. And when I think about physical activity, I don't always connect that to my brain. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, we the main thing about activity that's or the, the main kind of activity that's good for our brain is aerobic exercises, like taking a walk. Um, and when we do that, when we exercise, a lot of things happen. It just that there more oxygen is is being uh, transported through our bodies and also to our brains. But that's not the only thing that happens. What happens in addition is, as I told you before, is that uh, neural growth factors will be uh, distributed and will will uh, enhance the neurogenesis in our brains. And this neurogenesis doesn't happen 
anywhere, it happens in the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is our memory uh, center in the brain. And the hippocampus is also the part of the brain that's most sensitive to the uh, use it or lose it factor I told you, uh, I, I mentioned before, uh, which means, especially for our memory, that if we don't use it, it gets, it gets weaker. And one, next to training the memory, another thing we can do to enhance memory is really aerobic exercise. We have really good data on just taking a walk. That's why I mentioned it before. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, really extensive exercise. You don't have to go for a marathon or to, to <laughs> uh, make a, a, a big hike on a high mountain. It's really the daily routine, the daily moderate exercise that's important for our brain. Um, there are days where we don't go for a walk, which means we don't even walk a distance for about like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And these are the days that are worse, worse for our brain. I always give the advice to walk at least 10 to 15 minutes daily in addition to the steps we already take. Like 10, 15 minutes, that's possible on every day, even if I don't have time, even if the weather isn't fine. 10 minutes, that's the basic. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's interesting because an observation that I have, um, and I, I live in, in, in Prague where um, I don't have a car and I have to walk every place or take the tram, okay? And then when I, when I, uh, and it just makes me feel good, okay, mm-hmm. aside from going to the health club. But when I go to the United States, for example, in some areas, um, everybody goes with the car, even if it's like not even a half a, half a kilometer, they'll go with the car. So what you're saying, just get out there and walk, and that helps our brains. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and I will emphasize this by, by telling you a story or by telling you about a study that was actually done by the University of Illinois. They, um, they took uh, their subjects and divided them into two, two groups. And one group was um, going for walks at least three times a week for 30 to uh, 40 minutes. They did it for a whole year and throughout the year they made different memory exams and they found out that the group of people who regularly took the walks they really improved their memory so they get they got better grades on the memory tests than the people who didn't but what they also did that they looked into the brains and what they saw is that the hippocampus which is the the memory center of the brain in the group of people that didn't go for walks the hippocampus uh, shrank throughout the year for uh, 1%, which is actually the normal shrinkage we would expect in a year. It's just what happens through the use it or lose lose its uh, mechanism I I, I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the group of people who took the walks, it wasn't only that uh, this shrinkage was stopped. Actually, their hippocampus gained uh, volume throughout the year for the same for 1% as well. Wow. And this is a really motivating uh, fact, and it, it it's due to the fact that that uh, these neural growth factors uh, will activate the neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is the the idea that you can really see a physical, uh, uh, you can see effect in the brain. It's it's not just something you feel or you you see in a memory test. There's actually something happening in our brains. It's like wow. a youth, uh, how do you say yeah. it? Like a, it's, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's just wor- working. And so so I guess that's what makes me feel good, too. So, I mean, that's a really interesting study. Um, so I hope our listeners have, have uh, got a message and uh, taken that to heart. Um, and uh, let's all go for more walks. Um, let's th- and just a, a little bit more on learning because you're an expert in learning, and I know um, you've you've talked about you know different components to learning, um, such as concentration or or um, organization. Could you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I noticed when people try to improve the learning that they uh, focus on, on different learning strategies, like how to mark text in a book or how to read if, effectively. But uh, learning competence is, is much more than just the learning itself. I, uh, I differentiate between six different components of learning, which uh, starts with the motivation, uh, organization like time management, for example, concentration, then the learning strategy is, is part as well, of course, the memory, and last, it's the, the, the ability to interpret or, or um, yeah, tell the things you learned, for example, in an exam. And being able to learn is all of that. So if you want to improve your learning, it's a good question to ask what what is my strength and, and what is my weakness? So where do I start if I want to improve? So, for example, if I'm, uh, first of all, you have to be motivated because that's kind of what we talked about before on, you know, either stay fixed or grow. So I'm motivated and I may have a, a um, be very, very organized but I may have a slight issue with concentration. So if I'm going to learn, then I would focus on probably where I'm the most challenged first so that I can, can bring everything to a higher level. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's, that's a good point, uh, part to start. Um, to, to, if, if I find out that my main problem with learning is my time management, then it's a good thing if, improve your learning to start right here. So all of us have strengths and challenges in different areas. And uh, it's good to start this kind of uh, reflection process to think about, okay, what what is a good place to start if I want to improve my learning abilities? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you you developed um, a tool called the Learning Star where you kind of look at this and you can draw a picture, and I know that you have this in your books, where you can say, um, you know, maybe this is the area I need to improve on. Maybe my organization has to be a little bit better, or maybe um, it's my in, in interpretation and how I give it back, and you start to work yourself on those areas. And I, I'd advise my listeners to take a look at your book and look at your website and you can learn about the learning star. I think most of us kind of know that instinctively, don't we? That, you know, where our strengths and our weaknesses are. Do you find that in okay. learning? So yeah. the, the, what, the, what the learning star does, it, it, it kind of leads you through this uh, self-finding process. It asks the right questions so you yourself can find out what, what areas can I focus on for my next development process. Mm-hmm. So even if, if, if you think now of, of, of leaderships or co-workers and you want to improve some, some area, then it's, it's good to, to ask the right questions and to find out where, where, where can I start if I want to develop. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you have 20 rabbits, you can only catch three. So we want to work on those or start with one, right? Um, so on memory, just um, on learning to try to improve your memory, uh, do you have any suggestions on how we could do, how somebody can do that? Okay. Um, there are a lot of different uh, tricks if you want to memorize something at the moment, but the, the best thing to improve the memory is to really use your own memory on a daily basis like maybe go shopping without a list and try to memorize the list in your head and if you want to do that there is one easy trick to do so and um, what what helps our memory is if you have an anchor and we can use uh, your body for example as an anchor so what you can do is if you want to shop a list of things you can imagine these things the groceries you want to buy on different spots on your own body and then if you go to the to the grocery store you just think about these different uh, spots on your own body and then you can pick up all the things you need and that will improve the memory because you train the memory in a real life situation 
And that was uh, something I mentioned before, that we have this problem in, in, in cognitive training that the transfer doesn't always work. Mm. And that's why it's important to really train the functions we need in, in a daily life. So in, in a business life that we maybe try to memorize the name of our customers. So mm -hmm. to, to really use the memory on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay, so we're getting, that, that's a great tip. I, I had to laugh when you were think, talking about the grocery list. I was like thinking, okay, so if I want those chocolate cupcakes, I'm going to think about my hips. So, <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, just one, we're, we're at the end of our show. And if you had, we have a lot of leaders, we had a lot of um, people listening. If you had one big tip, just one tip on how we can keep our our brains healthy. What is the most important thing you would tell us? Mm. Uh, if it's one tip, then yeah. uh, it's, it's the walk. Go for it's a walk daily. Okay. Mm. okay. That's that. And I think that I, that was what impressed me the most also. So um, this has been really, really interesting. And, and I want to thank you so much for being with us. And for our, for our listeners, we've been talking with Dr. Katerina Turacek. She's a cognitive scientist and brain specialist, and she specializes in learning and memory. And if you'd like to reach out to her, you can reach out to her on her website. She does do workshops, and she is a keynote speaker. And it's www. Katerina Turacek, and it's K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-A-T-U-R-E-C-E-K.com. And it's the same on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And on Facebook, it's Institute for Gehirn Training. And I think you can find that on her website and connect through to the Facebook on that. And thank you so much, um, um, Dr. Toroshek. It's been wonderful. You also have your books on Amazon. I've seen those. I recommend those. Um, the majority are in the German language, and we do have a lot of German listeners from uh, Switzerland, Germany, Austria. So please go on to Amazon.de and find her books. And thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. So we've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders, and it's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and also CINDA, the search and information industry. And CINDA holds conferences. And our next conference at CINDA, the next conference is going to be October 13th to 16th in Lisbon, where you can hear digital experts from around the world. So please go to www.cinda.com events. And at Leadership Beyond Borders, we provide leadership training with a focus on digital transitions and we also have the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. And it also specializes in systemic team coaching. Now, if you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me an email at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. You can also find me at Kimberly J. Lewis on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And please do not forget to listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And you can also download us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And with that, I'm going to sign out for this week, and I hope to have everybody joining us again on Leadership Beyond Borders Voice America Business next week. Thank you, and until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.